0: Hello. Uh, if you have not met my Miss Furt, make sure. Uh, we help lead Anthem and the I mean, was not with you guys last week. I so missed you. I was teaching at another church, and this week he is out on a much needed, much deserved vacation. Holding be on before the phone at home? That sounds suspicious. I don't know about that. Like Terry said, we're in Acts 2. Uh, our two churches, Anthem and Arise, we are camping out in this paragraph uh, all summer long, and really just trying to answer the question, what does it look like to be a devoted church? What is it, what ought the church, what must the church be and do no matter what? So no matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the politics, no matter the culture, no matter the city, no matter the circumstance, what has to be all about the church. Worship just have to be all about no matter what. And we opened up a couple of weeks ago saying, first and foremost, the church has to be about Jesus. But well, we have to be devoted to Jesus, devoted to Christ. It was the foundation of the early church. before we talk about all the stuff the early church did, we have to talk about who they were devoted to. It was just Jesus that so changed everything. And last week's feed for us taught through how To Scripture, that we are people of the Word, and we are grounded and founded on. And then the wager, that person actually came very quickly because those are traits and qualities that are not normal in our culture. Dependency, faithfulness, committedness, these are actually like rare currency in our time, and our service. Now, real briefly, how would the people in your life describe you? Would they describe you like that, like as that faithful, Committed, dependable friends. Why or, or why? In the, the paragraph that is our teaching text over the summertime, there are kind of a couple of key words. One of them, that Barry was talking about by kids, is devoted to, to be really excited about something, to be committed. But then each word, we see they're devoted to certain things. And one of those things we see the early churches devoted to is, that Greek word, koinonia, or fellowship, or community, or, in the end, of friends, we're devoted to each other. Or people devoted to one another. People and things you're devoted to, you resiliently devoted to, no matter what. People you're devoted to, even when it's People you're devoted to even when there's, there's tension or relational strife. And those simple two words we have in that teaching text, we have, there's a lot under those two words. It's people from all different sorts of backgrounds, all different sorts of lifestyles. They didn't all have kids the same age. They didn't all like the same hobbies or voted the same way. It was this mess of people brought together by Jesus and the Holy Spirit by the devoted. what it looks like when we actually match those two words together, what it actually looks like when we are devoted to each other, because I think this is something that is quite rare in our time, in our place. So if you have your Bible, open up with me, head over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is the Sermon on the Mount. It is beautiful, it is like manifesto for life in the kingdom, it is this beautiful, epic sort of run-on sermon from Jesus about what it truly means to follow him and be changed by him. And there's a lot of really uh, common and beautiful passages in here that are probably familiar to us if we actually have some time in the church in our lives. These are the Beatitudes, the salt and the anger or or lust, divorce, loving your enemies, forget to believe the Lord's praise here that maybe the All oh. right. The need to reinforce our common yes and no is from the evil one because it undermines our God-given faithfulness and honesty. Jesus here is talking about integrity. Now, why are we talking about oaths and integrity on the week that we're supposed to be talking about? Fellowship and community and being devoted to each other. Well, because we're going to talk about today one of the most harmful, postures and actions in community. You ready? Flakiness. Flakiness and a lack of community is a community destroyer, And in our time, in our place, it is one of the things that damages community most. I've been in church ministry for a long time, uh, not as long as some of you guys in the room, so you can maybe agree with me here. I've seen a lot of church hurt, I've seen spiritual abuse. I've seen really wretched stuff, but from a quantity standpoint, the number one thing is that kills churches. Stinkings. The lack of fear. The lack of commitment. Other people relying on you and letting them down. Now a lot of us don't like honesty and integrity to peeling on commitments, but it doesn't take a lack of scientists, does it? Look at the world around you, everyone's race, it's normal. What's more abnormal is actually show up when you say you're going to show up, and do the thing you said you were going to do without prompting, without reminder, without without caution. Everybody's race. And it appeals to your flesh. It's the easier thing, not the harder thing. What's easier? showing up to church when you're tired, or just staying home and on the podcast, so. What's easier? What's easier? Yeah, second one. John Rock is Second one. Easier to stay at home. For sure. What's easier? Showing up to the community night when you have like a really long day, your boss yelled at you, you just feel emotionally trained and you like, I just do at night. Play. What's easier? Showing up in community or just saying, hey guys, I'm really tired. I'm going to hang back. What's easier? Yeah. Second one. 100% easy. Slake out and pay in bail and mischievous. When we lose from any burden and responsibility, it appeals to our are fresh. So much of this it's consumerism, it's individualism around commitment comes with the advent of personal technology. Not to say that it didn't exist before the iPhone, but it certainly looked a lot different. And I think it has ramped up quite a bit. In this phenomenal book, Analog a author Jay Kim says this quote: "The digital age's technological advances boast three major contributions to the improvement of human experience, which in turn have become its undeniable values. Number one, speed. We have access to what we want when we want, as quickly as our fingers can type and scroll. This morning, as I was uh, had to gas on the way here." Um, and I pulled up to the the gas station, my car was on engine, pulled up to the gas station. It was maybe like 6.40 or something, and I put my credit card in, I put a little nozzle in my car, and then nothing was happening. And and I needed to be like, freaked out, because in the course of five seconds, the process that was supposed to work was not working. So I put it back, I said, at least stopped I cell so like another pump wasn't working. And so I like marched up to the guy behind the glass and I was like, hey, these pumps aren't working. He's like, oh yeah, they would just opened their GameStar ability for a couple of minutes. And in my head, I went, are you crazy? Don't you know I need gas right now? And he's just sitting there going like, no, oh, it's good stuff. i going to start up. <laughs> the same morning, right when I was leaving that place, I got a text message from. all of that. The individualism of the future Cleveland has made us impatient, shallow, isolated, stemming from speed, choices, individualism. Do you think those things are going to positively or negatively impact community in the church? Am I alone in thinking that they are going to be really negative impacts? These are going to be dangerous and harmful to the church community. Because if I don't get what I want immediately, I'm annoyed, and impatient. If I have a lot of choices, that means if Ben says something to me that I don't like, I just will to show up next time to go to another church. That means if the sermon isn't good enough, I'm going to go somewhere where the sermon is good. If the music's not good enough, I'm going to go somewhere where the music is good. Individualism? Everything's created to your preference, and your personality. That's going to mean there are going to be things that happen here when we gather together. Things that happen when we scatter the smaller things that you don't agree with, that you don't like. That aren't your preference. maybe you don't like the music that's playing when you watch it. Maybe you don't like the song choices. Maybe you don't like the preacher. Whatever it is, you say, "Well, it's not customized to my preference. So I'm going to go somewhere else." Or even more dangerously, nowhere. se sí, sí. and to love one another. Love one another. Faithful, committed, dependable. Not only to the way we love one another, but like also to the Romans, Romans chapter 12 is how we outdo one another in so showing honor. Those people who are faithful to you, they showed you honor, they showed you value. And a real biblical community is built on value. First and foremost, community is value towards you, and second, our value towards each other. If we're to outdo one another, showing honor means showing up even when it's a community. It means being present in each other's lives, even when there's something better to do. When we devalue and dishonor one another, we destroy community. So being, to be devoted to one another is a way to show love and honor to one another. It's modeling the kind of love. That Jesus has already shown us, nice. and it's a countercultural witness to a commitment phobic the world. And we love one another, and means be present, be faithful, be committed, be strong. Now that's like. being me a second. You see the clock again. You know I got more time on me. Loving each other is quite a simple thing. Not always easy, but it's quite a simple thing. Jesus has loved you, and you love each other. There are a litany of ways we can do this, first and foremost, by being present, being faithful, committed to each other, by being devoted to each other. But how do we actually do this in a time and a place that, to say the same, we just have to lend itself to these same qualities? How do we actually do this? Monitor some best practices in our life as we reach here tomorrow to actually put this thing into practice. Things to keep this from being just like words to we hear to words we do. to used the language of So I want to make seven comments um, yeah. and what the Holy Spirit that do First comment, a commitment is a commitment. You are 100% in control of and responsible for what you say. And according to Jesus, what you say should be rock solid. So it doesn't need anything else to go along with it. Casual or intense, laid-back or formal, yes means yes, no means no. Frankiness, then, is an affront to Jesus in the life he calls us to. As his disciples are called to be honest and faithful, which means we show up, we follow through, even if something better comes along. They can't depend on you for anything. They hesitate to entrust you with anything. And people learn to think of you as selfish. So it is with the name you bear. Oh, that person's a Christian? They never actually show up and say that they're afraid. Oh, this person always thinks the last name. Do you need to say to me for them? No, they're just gonna go, they're not gonna If you're a Christian, we should be known for our faithfulness Because the people watching your life will notice. Number two, you're better at saying no. Saying yes to things and then following truth. You think you're loving them, you're being it right? People pleasing that moment. That's in creating greater destruction down the road. Embrace boundaries and limitations. You can't do it all, you're gonna miss out on some really fun stuff. If we just all learn to be okay with that right now, our lives will be much better than this place. The fear of missing out is such a real thing. The anxiety that walls up in us when we said one thing, but we got invited to this other thing, it is a very real thing. That Listen. how to cancel better. How to cancel better. Don't text, ever, to cancel anything. Don't text, ever. And I know this is probably speaking to maybe those who are under the age of 40 a little bit more, so if you are advanced in years, bear with me and know that you can like help shepherd us in this direction. Don't ever text to cancel things. Let them know you're taking this seriously. Once again, you are 100% in control of and responsible for not only what you say, but what you do with your time. So don't blame other things. If you commit and you break that commitment, you're responsible. Now, emergency notwithstanding, of course, that's not make except from the rule. As a rule, you are responsible for what you do with your time. So if you're bailing on something that you need to cancel, Take responsibility. Apologize. Repent if necessary. Don't defer responsibility to excuses. Oh, I totally forgot. Oh, you know what? I forgot I had this other duty. I just ran out of time. Guys, I won't get the same amount of time We are 100% in control of what we do with it. Number six. Learning to live with grace. Because none of us will get this right. A lot. We all make mistakes. We'll never do this perfectly. So there is grace in the community of God. The grace is not right. a street The backyard community all throughout COVID, he hopes a computer, and he's here, even if I don't know he's gonna be here. He was feeling a faithful and pure. And even though they have to the sign, sign on the dotted line saying I will be here every single Sunday, you know what they think, they let me, give me a heads up, if you're gonna be out of town, I do something like that. Recognizing and celebrating faithfulness, you see it the light of this. And, and maybe this is particularly at the if you go, season you find yourself in. But digital will never replace analog community. Dojigo will never replace analog community. Community will always be analog. It will always be incarnation. It will always be face-to-face and in-person. Digital might be a nice supplement, but right? a tech group for your community is beautiful. Little group chat going on is awesome. It's never replacement for actually face-to-face, in-person community. Dredgeville will never be big enough to contain the vision things. It will always be limited. one of the primary things we use in the digital space, and seeing this in the Facebook comments, and the YouTube comments, and the Twitter, and everything else, is empathy, There's some useful technologies and tools we've all had to embrace, but one of the things I love about our church and I love about your church, Arise, is together we can say, it's a temporary holdover, because there's something, remember that first week Jesus, but will never commit to a local church because happens. Because you're never gonna be challenged, you're never gonna grow, you're never gonna to have to be in a room with people who are older than you or younger than you or dress differently or vote differently. You'll always perfect the curated community around you and thus never have to change. One of the most famous preachers, Charles Spurgeon, and I think that's the only one it's worth sharing again said this about church and community. Spurgeon said this, quote, join yourself to the church. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect. And I hope that you feel almost glad that you have not. If I had never joined the church until I found one that was perfect, I would have never joined one at all. And the moment that I did join, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it. For it would not have been perfect church after I had become a member. Still and perfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. All who have first given themselves to the Lord should, as speedily as possible, also give themselves to the Lord's people. How else is there to be church on the earth? If it is right for anyone to refrain from membership in the church, it is right for everyone. Then the testimony for God would be lost to the world. There are all sorts of reasons. break out, to veil, to disappear, to go some of those are valid, like Carlos alluded to earlier. Some of us are walking the deep lens because of church community. Many of them are not valid. Many of them are quite selfish. In terms of truth, community is hard. Commitment, faithfulness, integrity, honesty, these are hard. It's been a hard year to stick with the community between a global community and a global pandemic, a contentious <laughs> election, moment after moment after moment of mass shootings, of racial injustice, those used to go on. And I don't know what you personally believe or think or interpret in any one of those things, but you stuck with the community I may have said something you do not agree with, Ms. S. She may have said something you do not agree with, this last year. It may have the last year really you may think you guys are really rough You have to have a hard, honest conversation? Well done. That stuff's hard. You know what's easier? Easier. Just think about something. Community on my terms is easy. But we're not called to easy in Scripture, are we? We're called to what's best, what we are created and designed for. Community, biblical community is where that healing takes place. Because we will not grow and heal isolation or community on my terms, but in an honest, vulnerable, accountable, faithful community full of grace and truth. The church is what the ever customizable, carefully curated and personal and, and personalized world of social media and online platforms can never be. This can never be replicated in online built on commitment, over and above compatibility of conscience. The church is in, which means you can Thanks. get hard to pull away from the table. These are devoted to each other, even when it's easy. There may be all sorts of reasons for not wanting to show up, and I don't want to downplay legitimate but- Reason that may make it hard or anxious for one to engage with the local church community. But it's never okay to compromise our integrity by just going, by flaking, by not communicating, and asking everyone always to bend around your interests and purpose. That's as I got in myself over the The early church, thankfully, it, shows us a different They deferred themselves. These are going to get real hard for them during the church for the few chapters. They're devoted themselves to each other. There's going to be disagreements. Peter and Paul, top of the church food chain, disagreeing about really key things. It's still devoted to each other. People are going to be killed, slain, persecuted. It's still going to be devoted to each other. They were devoted to each other. And it's a model and and it's it's what Jesus says, A new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have loved The deepest, darkest part of you is committed to you, reliably faithful in your life, and never let you do it. committed. He's not afraid of committed to you. He loves you. We love each other like Jesus loves us, full of grace and truth, confrontation and repentance who are needed. We're faithful, committed that's the love we've been shown. So we show that kind of love to one another. The world's knowledge of Jesus rides on how well we do One of the most evangelistic things we can do as a church community is to love each other. Because we can go out and pass out water bottles, we can shoot the homeless, we can do all the good things we can do in the church. but if they walk in this door and we're not loving each other, What's the thing? Just being loving each other, generous, self-sacrificial love for one another. In a time and a place, starved for real community, that is going to be like water on a mountain. Not only is it going to be appealing and compelling, but it's going to communicate something about Jesus to them, to that watching voice. Do you and we love each other like Jesus loves us, and the world's knowledge of Jesus rides on how